1: As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 1. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. 2. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, betmgm.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget... If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JustBaseball and get your $1500 first bet offer today.
2: I think this is episode like 544, 545. No, actually, I think it's 546 because I think... The Monday show is 544, but the number of the day is 200. Adam Wainwright's 200th career win. Louisa Rise has his 200th hit. He is second in baseball in hits, only behind Ronald Acuna. Um, We also got to talk about the enjoyment level of the Philadelphia Phillies because, holy hell, dude, I had a great time watching them play baseball on Monday night. Uh, O's Astros was amazing. Uh, And then Tampa is staying put a new ballpark. So that's the rundown for today. Jack and Aram on the Just Baseball Show presented by bet mgm you're getting out to Nash vegas a little bit later this week and i know we haven't talked about that yet but you're gonna go see the shrimpies take on the nashville sounds um and you're taking in the last week
0: of minor league baseball congratulations yeah man special special weekend here i do get to see jackson Chorio in his first uh his first triple a series so i'm excited about that but yeah um it's wild that it's already done. It, the season's wrapped up. I've never been to Nashville either, so uh I'm sure I'll hate it, um, but I'm I'm looking forward to to exploring. So I know you're not going to listen to
2: me. Um but I said Broadway you do not need to do. Like Broadway is Times Square. It is the most overrated thing ever. But if you go to a neighborhood called The Gulch, it is bougie and it is like hey, get a nice cocktail and, uh, just vibe, man. And that's almost like the elevated version of Nashville. And I think you would love the Gulch. So let's talk about it. Also, if you have any Nashville recommendations in the YouTube comments, I know Hattie yes. B's, Hattie bees is like probably the hot chicken spot to go to. You have to do some hot chicken when you're down there. Are you a spice guy? Okay. It, it can't be too
0: spicy. It hurts my tummy, but yeah, Nashville, Nashville recommendations on, on Twitter, YouTube, please, please let me know. Uh, I'll be out there for a little bit. And, uh, if you want to kind of see what's going on, I'm going to be writing up my, my thoughts on Chorio and, and stuff like that as I get that live look. So looking forward to that um, and checking off another another interesting city. Uh, I think the Bachelorette capital of of the of the country. Right. Yeah. Is that is that fair? That's part of the reason why I'm like nervously dreading it, because I'm like, oh, my God, this place is going to piss me off. But I think it'll be fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's probably going to piss you off.
2: But. Just have a couple more of those um what it's like a it's like a chocolate milkshake bourbon type thing. It's really good. I'm blanking it's, on the I'm blanking on the just, name of
0: it. It's cowboy cosplay out there, but I'm, yes. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking Yeah,
2: no. It. And like buy a buy a cheap hat and throw it away when you get to the airport and you're going to have a great time. Um, I assume Adam Wainwright is going to be performing at a couple <laughs> of bars on Broadway next year Uh after he it's an 11 track country album that I think he's putting out or maybe 15 tracks. It's like a full blown album. Album that he's putting out. But before he puts out the album and before he has his special concert this weekend at Bush Stadium, he collected win number 200. And we were just looking before we hit the record button. This was his first scoreless outing in over a year. August 18th was his previous scoreless outing. And we had this conversation after win 199. I was like, I don't think he gets it. It took 12 starts in between wins. Opponents were hitting 354 with an OPS one point better than Acuna. Like it, it was so hard to get to 199. But you said, I think he gets it because baseball has this weird way of itself sorting out. And this was divine intervention if I've ever seen it. Seven shutout innings against the Milwaukee Brewers. Are
0: you kidding me? It it's if it was against a different team, like if it was against a team that was out of the hunt, I'd almost be like they mailed it in. Like I'd be putting my tinfoil cap on. But no, he did it against the Brewers, who they're they're trying to win ball games right now. They're not giving ball games away, I can promise you. Uh, But yeah, it is just the way this beautiful and horrible sport is. um, And this is one of the beautiful points. It's just it just has its way of sorting itself out. And this was exactly that. I mean, this guy didn't pick up a win. For okay, so before he picked up the back to back wins, the last win that he had came on June 17th. So, I I mean,
2: starts, I think it was 11 or 12 starts, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, what forget just the odds of him getting back to or just two wins, period. What about back to back wins? No, that's the craziest part. So It's so awesome that he did it at home. And and again, I know that people don't give a shit about wins. But as we talked about the last episode that you and I discussed the whole Wayno 200 win thing, when Adam Wainwright entered the league, and you brought this point up, when Adam Wainwright entered the league, wins were important. Yeah. And so I, I think for those guys... You you move the goalpost a little bit, and you add a little bit more emphasis to to that milestone, right? Like this is one of the last guys that I think you can highlight wins and say, "Hey, that that was important," because it for for more than half of his career, wins were a barometer of success for better and for worse. And you know the thing with Wayno is he even even at his best, like of course he was he had peaks where he was lights out, but. I just feel like no matter what you felt like you could get a quality start from him until about this year and just the end of last year where you hit that wall. Yeah. And it's just cool to see him just finesse his way to a couple quality starts down the stretch here you can see, Orioles and the Brewers, by the way, it's not, it's not the Royals and the A's. Yeah. Can you ID the exact time that we threw wins
2: away? I think <laughs> I can. Jacob deGrom. DeGrom Cy Young. Yeah. When he was what nine and 10 and he won the Cy Young because he had a sub two. like, I think that's when we officially threw wins in the trash can. But I think you make a great point. Like he's one of the last. I think the very last is Verlander and Verlander Mm -hmm. has been on record saying he wants 300. We'll see if he gets to 300. And either way, this guy is pitching. He probably will get to 300. But um, this seven shutout inning performance lowered the OPS against him. Uh, by nearly 30 points it went from 1002 to 973 so opponents are now slashing instead of 354 345 400 573 um this doesn't say let's get to 200 wins at all but that's the beauty of baseball and it sucks i love that you mentioned that this sport blows but it also is amazing and like, I feel like the pendulum swings a little bit back and forth. And we were owed to baseball being beautiful at some point this year after the influx of Tommy John surgery and like notable pitchers. Um, I think we were fully on September one in the baseball sucks camp. We were like, this game is brutal, <laughs> is especially so- for pitchers. This sucks. Yeah. But yeah. now it, it swung like, you know what? There's some poetic justice here and a big fan. And there's something about him popping out of the dugout and, Tipping his hat to a full Bush stadium. I really don't know if any town does it better than St. Louis when it comes to baseball.
0: No, I mean it's it's up there. I don't know if you've, other fan bases are like clenching their fists right now because like, yeah. they're so tired of hearing oh, those are the best fans in baseball. But no, that that was they they hey, definitely Marlins take... fans are here.
2: <laughs> hey,
0: yeah. Actually, they got some good news. We'll talk about Sandy. Actually, that's the one thing I'd want to throw into the uh, uh itinerary here, but um, yeah, this sport, man, it can be so frustrating for players, you know, who actually play it because of, of the failure aspect of it. Uh, the, the Tommy John aspect of it is is just so uh frustrating. Uh, but to, to see somebody like Wayno finish this this season on on such a high note and 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 he earned and deserves every bit of that moment, especially with how ugly this year has been overall. It's just so nice to see it end on a positive uh, because I'll, I'll be honest, man, when I was in London and, and it was, I was early in the season watching that, that series against the Cubs and seeing Wayno throw there. I was like, sad. I was like legitimately sad because like, oh man, this guy's cooked. He shouldn't have come out. There's going to be a long year or he's going to be sent down. And realistically, if the Cardinals were in the hunt, you know, he, he wouldn't be pitching still. Um, but that's the one silver lining of them not being in the hunt is he got to keep going every fifth day. And, uh, worked his way to 200 wins, so congratulations to Wayne. O. by all accounts, I've never met him, but uh, I've never. There's very few guys I've seen that are more consensus like good guy than Adam Wainwright. And and by everything that I've just seen on video, conversations, whatever, um, seems to back it up. He seems just like a fantastic dude. So he deserves every bit of that. And I'm not a I'm not a country
2: music guy, but I will listen to the album because it's Adam Wainwright. And I, I mean, that we could get
0: some content out of it. I can't stand country music, but I would listen to Wayno's album before I listen to Cole Beasley's rap album any day of the week. Cole Beasley has
2: a rap album?
0: Oh, dude. He has a rap album. Dude.
2: Okay, so real quick aside, what do you think of Dame's music? What do you think of Damian Lillard's music? I think he can rap a little bit, but I don't know if he can make music. He can rap a little bit. My thing is, like, it's all about grit and determination in his yeah. music, and I'm like, okay... Like, I appreciate. Wiz Khalifa is all
0: about weed. Like it's 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 just it's you gotta have your you gotta have your
2: angle. You gotta yeah. have your angle. It's like this is Wiz Khalifa's niche, just getting high as shit. And like <laughs> Dame's is like, wow, I'm an all world basketball player. Yeah, so I work my that, butt off. And let's hopefully- hope that Wayno has like I I saw a his family barbecue talking about it. Um, I think they set the over under at like two and a half teammate references or like baseball player references <laughs> in the country album. They. Jake from Cespedes family barbecue hammered the over two and a half teammate references. I go
0: under, I think he's going under. away from baseball almost I, entirely. I agree. I think, I think he's trying to actually carve out a career in country <laughs> yeah. music. And I think he doesn't want to tie it in with baseball much at all. I, right. I think it'll be very subtle. He's like, um, I know I can do the Fox thing, but like, I would prefer yeah. to do the country music. <laughs> I could totally see that real quick. I'm looking at the box scores and I just wanted to highlight Abner Rebay again. Oh. If, if you listen to the call up, we've been talking about him. This is the most, psychotic guy I've ever seen throw on in the best way possible, but, but the most insane reliever I've ever seen in the minor leagues. And then watching this guy progress up to the big leagues has been awesome. And oh my gosh, he's been dirty. I'm just looking at that outing, you know, they lost, but he came in in relief averaged one Oh one with the fastball and that tossed another scoreless inning. Uribe has got a one three, three ERA in 27 innings so far this season. Um, this, this Brewer's, you know, we, we credit certain teams with being kind of like the reliever factories. And I think you got to start looking at at the Brewers. I mean, I know that everybody's respected the Brewers for some of the relievers that they've been able to churn to out, but I, I think the way that they've reloaded, because when we were talking about going into this year, there were some questions like, okay, how, how good is that bullpen outside of one or two guys? Like how good are the sixth, seventh, eighth inning guys, or at least the sixth and seventh inning guys. And uh, they've been able to just piece it together and, and kind of replenish this bullpen. And I think the brewers might be in that same conversation of like, Hey, they can just spawn some bullpen arms. I mean, even trading for Joel Piemps and, and getting what they've gotten out of him for most of this year. I I, I want to put the brewers in the conversation of like, these are, uh, this is another bullpen factory.
2: Yeah. I mean, Abner Uribe, he's the Probably the closest thing to, uh, what is it? Ricky Vaughn, Wild Thing, Charlie Sheen, and Major yeah. Jameson, Ricky Vaughn. Yeah. He's the closest thing to Wild Thing that I think we've got, but they could be turning into this bullpen factory. And I, I mean, I feel like they're going to keep producing those guys. Um, they're just so hard to identify coming up because they're never relievers coming up like the one reliever that I think that we've identified this year that like is going to come up and be a good reliever in Major League Baseball is Orion Kirkering and the Phillies orc and like just promoted guy- to AAA. yeah I know I mean we but we talked about him I think in April or May and then all of a sudden he's just shot up and he's like there um but it's so hard to identify those guys aribay, you found this year in double because he was just 102 with a nasty slider. And now look at him. Like he's going to throw big innings in the NLDS,
0: which I'm just terrifying. Well, yeah, I know it's
2: terrifying, but like, that's kind of what makes it fun. And I don't, there are the guardians kind of do it like angel de los Santos. I couldn't have told you who that guy was until he had like a two through 30 career appearances in the big leagues. So yeah, I mean, I would say they're for sure going to keep it going, but it's it's so beyond my level of thinking, A, because I'm an idiot, but B, because I feel like it's really hard to to identify those guys before they even get there. So kudos to you for finding out who the fuck Abner Uribe was before he got to the big leagues.
0: You you didn't idea Hobie Milner to have a one nine two this year out of the Brewers bullpen. I think he's here. I think he's from from the from like sidearm.
2: On the left side, right? I think.
0: I, I think. That's Again, that's just like, another dude. I, I
2: tune out by the seventh inning because I'm like, all right, if it's not Uribe or Devin, I'm not like present mentally.
0: Trevor McGill. He's got a three, but the underlying are even st- stronger. He's striking out 13 per nine. He's throwing like triple digits. Honestly, no. Fuck it. I'm, I'm putting Brewers in. Re- they are in the reliever factory. Okay. Uh, bucket for me now so Done. Trevor McGill was throwing for the St. Saint
2: Paul Saints and he was like 99 and he's 6'8 and I was like okay yeah this is gonna play somewhere so yeah. I did I did get in on Trevor McGill on the ground floor
0: but Williams Piamps uh Piguero's been Elvis Piguero's been solid Milner's been lights out McGill Uribe, they trade for Chafin And then, I mean, that is a long bullpen. And I think that's an underrated aspect of this Brewers team. And then even Bryce Wilson, Bryce Wilson's thrown 72 innings this year to two six underlying numbers aren't as good, but that's like your middle reliever. So this is this bullpen can, can I think really give them some, I would say other ways to win a series because you're hoping that it's Burns Woodruff Peralta and that, in itself, is as good of a three, you know, I think three-headed monster as is, is anybody in the playoffs. But if one of those guys falters, or if you don't want to throw someone on short rest, you could probably go with a bullpen game with some of these guys, or or they could bail out a, a rough start. And, and this bullpen plays. So I just wanted to highlight that real quick because I've been shocked at, at how good this whole pen is. And I think it makes the Brewers a little bit more fortified.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, I know Garrett Mitchell's in a rehab if I'm not mistaken, Ashby just kind of finished up the double a season with Biloxi. He's on a rehab right now. He sucked in his last appearance with Biloxi. But before that, it was kind of all systems go Ashby. You can't bank on him at all. And I don't know who you would take out to put Ashby in, but he doesn't look like a starting pitcher. And if this guy can be a good reliever for the next five years for you, I know they extended him. um, Man. I I think the brewers are, are really set up well. And Bryce Wilson, like he's a mop up man. Every team in baseball needs a mop up man. Do you remember how freaking good Yusmero Petit was at points <laughs> and how valuable he was? He was like the yeah. last of the real ones <laughs> in terms of bridge men. And, and I think everybody needs the idea of a long reliever is kind of gone. Yeah. But the Brewers have saved some games because they can turn to a long reliever like that, yeah, yeah. whether it was Hauser, whether it's Bryce Wilson. I think that guy's still plenty valuable. 100%. So, um, all right, Luis Arise, 200 hits for the Marlin. He is the second guy to major league or second guy to 200 in major league baseball this year. Um, Luis Arise, he's been a singles machine, man. And I pulled up stat Muse, which is such a fun website to just click around on um, 25 guys. I've got one, two, three, four, uh, I think five guys here that were in 2020, but including the 2020 season, There have been 25 guys to hit 335 or better since 2010. Luis Arise has the second lowest slugging percentage (laughs) of that group of 25, only behind or only ahead of 2014 Jose Altuve, hit 341 with a 453 slug. He's doing it in a throwback way. He's doing it in a fun way. And man, like that guy, I'm sure set out for the season goal of 200 hits. It's always a lofty goal because only three or four guys get to it in a given year, maybe even fewer now. but the fact that he got to it is, is a testament to the best bat to ball season we've seen in quite some time.
0: I mean, definitely. and he's a 201 now and and it's been cool just seeing every time you think he's gonna slow down. he heats back up and and been a little bit of a rough stretch and now back over 350 and now up to 354. The funny thing is you mentioned the slug, I would have thought his slug would be even worse. 471 slug is pretty good. Yeah. All things considered, it's funny. I guess the group of of, of hitters that you know you, you you grab there are just some of the best hitters in the game at that point that have hit that high. I feel like once you get to that high of an average, most of those guys are just the best hitters, period, and hit bombs. Like Hanley Ramirez, I think is on that list. He hit a bunch of bombs that year. You probably have Miggy. You probably have like like some of the the, the all time best all around hitters.
2: Okay, so four guys since 2010 have hit 350 or better. Two of them were in 2020. DJ Lemayhu hit 364 in okay,
0: 2020. So
2: 2020 doesn't count. I know Juan Soto. So two guys since 2010 have hit 350 or better. Luis Rise is hitting 354. Can you name the other one? He hit 359 with 32 homers and 100 driven in in 2010. In
0: 2010, 359, he hit OPS. Well, I don't want to say no. What was the year that Freddie Sanchez did
2: that crazy? It thing? was not Freddie Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> I'm blanking on when Freddie Sanchez did it, but he didn't slug. He won like a batting it. title. Freddie Sanchez won a batting title. I know, but he didn't slug like that. No, he didn't slug like that. This guy, 2010, hit 359, 40 doubles, 32 homers. Oh, is that
0: games. not Josh Hamilton? It is Josh Hamilton. Yeah. 2010, Texas. Dude, he. Every time I look at his baseball reference page, it gives me a headache because it, it just it's so sad it's frustrating yeah so frustrating just what he could have been on a full career path 15 years he could have been one of the best to ever do it um that was when i talked about with jeff conine um and jeff was was with the reds when when josh hamilton made like that comeback and was kind of making his his debut i'm pretty sure yeah and he was like that guy swings the bat like few i've 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 ever seen so Um, he, he said top top handful maybe even top three Uh, In in terms of most impressive hitters he ever played with. And he played with some, some dudes. So there were some draft stories um, about Josh Hamilton. And I I think it was what it was.
2: Hamilton went one, one, Josh Beckett went one, two. And then Eric Munson went third who's the current hitting coach for the Indianapolis Indians. But um, it was Beckett, Hamilton, Beckett, Hamilton. And I heard like these crazy draft stories and it might be fable. Like it, it might just be made up because he was that good, but kind of aligning with the special thing about Josh Hamilton I heard this guy during some of his draft workouts when he was in high school would put a tee on home plate and pump balls dead center
0: and leave yeah, the ball tot- totally dead center. Totally buy it. No one does that. No, I totally <laughs> buy that. I totally that 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 absolutely happened. Uh, he's that kind of dude. Like he's got he had that kind of bat speed. It, it's one of the nicest swings you're gonna find. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, but well, at least, saying, at least he, he, had a couple, he had a couple awesome seasons. I don't even think he, he thought that he'd get there at some points. So, uh, yeah. I mean, a rule five draft pick, technically.
2: Yeah, um, but just wrapping up on a rise, man, like this guy, he, he slaps the ball around the ballpark. The, the thing that fascinates me most is is what? Before every pitch, he scans the field foul line to foul line. He does a quick gaze left to right, foul pole to foul pole, just like seeing
0: where the defense is positioned. Which, which is crazy because – guys nowadays just it, it's too hard to be able to control where the ball goes and and arise is just an exception to that where he can actually spray it where he wants even if the pitch is not in a place where he can you know really hit it where he wants like a whole inside out pitches inside whole whole pull pitches outside if he feels it like, feels like he can barrel it up he does it and then on the other side of it, it it's cool to see him tap into more juice because yes he has been this unbelievable bat to ball guy uh and and i think he's probably leveled up in that department as well this year but he's up to slugging percentage from last year it was 420 last year he's at 471 this year and 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 i think a big part of that is big gaps you just mentioned how he scans the whole field well he must love playing in a field like like lone depot where you have so much space in the outfield and he probably feels like he has a lot to work with so he a lot of doubles he's got 30 of them and then career high in homers already with 10 so it's been fun to watch, and and he's a a refreshing player in a game that is just so hard to hit. We saw him pump two to the corner during the World Baseball Classic. What same
2: game, right? Multi-homer day with Venezuela.
0: Yeah, he yeah. Went,
2: yeah, right field line, and they were bombs too. Bombs. So I'm expecting thirty homers next year from Arise. <laughs> just feed the corner. It's
0: gonna be the new. It's gonna be the new Ichiro thing. Like Luis Arise, could hit thirty home it. runs if he wanted to, <laughs> but. But he, he doesn't, doesn't want to. Too. Yeah, no, it, he can't. But um, <laughs> it is cool seeing him slug more. <laughs> Do you hate Ichiro too? I know our manager. I love Ryan Ichiro. No, I <laughs> just. Ryan Finkelstein that, that, hates Ichiro. <laughs> that, yeah, Ryan, our managing editor Ryan Finkelstein does not like Ichiro. But the the Ichiro like it, that was the equivalent of like Stafford and Kershaw were t- teammates yeah. or whatever. Like, if Early. I heard one more person tell me that Ichiro could hit home runs if he wanted to, I, I was I, I was ready to lose my mind.
2: Ichiro could hit homers. Stafford was Kershaw's catcher in high school and Kershaw was Stafford Center in high school. Chris Hogan, the uh, wide receiver, played played lacrosse. college lacrosse, and lacrosse. Ryan Tannehill was a wide receiver. Those were the Man. four big cliches. Oh, my God. They just wore me down. Yeah, <laughs> it's clear. You seem pretty worn down. Before we get to the Phillies, um, fantasy football is here, obviously. We all run into this issue. You think your squad is better than your buddies. You're not in the same league. How can you take home bragging rights over your buddy? Your solution is verse gaming. Their unique platform allows you and your friends to sync your fantasy football team directly from ESPN, Yahoo, or Sleeper and play head-to-head matchups against league mates. Even better, verse is going to formulate gambling lines for your specific matchup with your buddy so arm if i'm playing you i can bet that i'll cover my plus 10 and a half against you because for some reason you jipped me in the draft process Uh, verse is introducing a brand new element to fantasy sports just download the verse fantasy sports app in just a few taps you can start putting money down on your head-to-head matchups once you've signed up You get a $20 referral bonus if you get your friends to sign up. And even better, you receive $50 in promo for using your code. Verse is available in 23 states, including California, Florida, Texas, New York, and Illinois. For more information, visit versegaming.com or find them on your favorite social media platform at Verse Fantasy, V-E-R-S-E, Fantasy. Do you want in?
0: Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) okay i always i feel like i have to answer that rhetorical question (laughs) it is a rhetorical question it's their tagline but it's like yeah
2: yeah i want in it is cool
0: though because the one thing i'll add is that you can you know if you're not in the same fantasy league as somebody it's cool to be able to go head to head with with their team and and have that line set for you so that part is pretty cool well and there's
2: always like okay you've got a buddy that's in your secondary or tertiary fantasy league where it's like, oh, this isn't even the one that I care
0: about. All right, yeah. Put put that line up against mine. Yeah, exactly, and shut up. (laughs) Yeah, like, stop stop being a diva, Bubby. All right, let's jump to the
2: Phillies. The enjoyment level that I get from watching the Philadelphia Phillies right now is maybe matched by Baltimore, maybe matched by Tampa in some games, um, certainly not matched by the White Sox. Hmm. Like, there's just... There's a different level, like Schwarber going 483 last night and John Cruck talking about it and then them th- showing Ryan Howard and like Wheeler. There, there's something so fun about the Philadelphia Phillies right now. Harper going backside like we could talk about, you know, a second really shaky outing from Kyle Wright. I don't want to do that. I just want to be super positive about the Phillies because, dude,
0: they're kind of must see TV down the stretch. Yeah, and it's it's interesting seeing the the Braves falter a little bit here. Um, it doesn't matter because they're they're clinched and and set up pretty well. But, um, the Phillies, they they were not going to to take it lightly. You know, they, they want to set that tone. And I mean, we've talked about it. I think the Braves, that the Phillies might be the one team they want to avoid. And, and I think this is another example why. But. They're fun. They're fearless. It doesn't matter if they're playing the, the Braves in the playoffs. doesn't matter who they're playing. I think they feel like they can beat anybody. And you know what? They can. And that's what makes them so fun. But um, the, the ways you can mix and match this lineup too, like Schwarber lead off and then Trey Turner two, and then Harper three and Bohm in the cleanup spot. Like that is so weird. Cassianos hit seventh yeah. in that game. Uh, you can almost randomly assort this lineup and, and it would kind of work. And that's what's fun about it. Uh, I think you could justify putting several different guys in the leadoff spot. I think you could justify putting several different guys in the cleanup spot. I I, I think the one guy I wouldn't put in the cleanup spot happens to be Alec Bohm and maybe Brandon Marsh and, and Rojas. But for whatever reason, they put Bohm in the cleanup spot. Who cares? They win the ball game. It's just fun. I the, the lineup, one through nine, is interesting. And even the guys that don't hit as much, like Marsh and Rojas, fast, and they have been swinging it well, make highlight real plays in the outfield menaces on the base paths. Like it's just a fun team from top to bottom. Like, I, I don't know,
2: good teams, fun teams. I always need to find one guy that quote unquote is not good. And like, that's Johan Rojas right now, but Johan Rojas is good. Rojas. Yeah. But he's like the eighth or ninth most intriguing player in that lineup. And if you can gravitate towards the eighth or ninth, and you really appreciate one through seven or one through eight, that's the good. It's like, that's the secret stuff right there. And Marsh wetting his hair between every half inning is hilarious. And it's weird, but I'm bought into it and I, Harper going clean shaven and looking like, i I'm like not as burly and strong anymore, but now that it's kind of growing back, he's hit a couple of bumps and I'm like, wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I also want to heap praise on John Crock Cause like, I know that some of our audience remembers watching him commentate on Sunday night baseball, but if you don't watch Phillies telecast, that guy is funny as shit. Yeah. He's unreal. Like it, there's so many lines from him. There are like two lines every half inning and out of nowhere. in like the fourth or fifth inning yesterday, he said, yeah, I think Acuna and Albies and Olson might need a break tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like out of nowhere. And just, like, just- crosses his mind. <laughs> I love that. So the, there is just something that there's something about the gravitational pull that the Philadelphia Phillies have right now. And, dude, I mean, we talked about Christopher Sanchez, talked about, you know, the length in that starting rotation and what they can get out of the bullpen. Do you think that they're NLCS destined or
0: is it is it a tough eat? I told you, I, I think I think they find a way to get to the World Series. I, I really do. Um, I thought they were the biggest threat to the Braves. and. It's it's also I think what makes this team enjoyable is how much they enjoy wa- uh, playing with each other. Like you can just see it the way that they rally for each other. Uh, there's just and not to say other teams don't do that, but there's just a different level of of this team just really having fun with each other and feeding off each other. And and it's just a fun ball club. And we always talk about how Dave Dombrowski, that's always kind of been his approach is trying to find guys that, that fit together in the clubhouse and, and then go from there. And even the the acquisitions, all all of the outside pieces that they add seem to just fit like a glove and, and they go from there. I I really think this team can be a force uh, if Aaron Nola can, can pick up his end of the bargain. Yeah.
2: um, I got a text from my, old college roommate who had the quote saved on his phone where I was like, I think freshman in high school could put together a better off season than the one Dave Dombrowski did ahead of 2022. Like I changed my course. Okay. Like I admit defeat last year. I admit further defeat today. Um, so all you haters that are like, no, you can't go back on your word. Look at me going back on my word right now. Yeah. And shit Peter, the rate
0: Peter did it with the Cubs. Peter did yeah. it
2: with the Cubs. You're allowed to do it here. I'm I'm going back on my word with the Phillies. Now, I still will never get a read on the Minnesota Twins. I think they're going to finish in
0: last place <laughs> next year too. Like that's just how that works. They're they're also a force. <laughs> they're also a force. Although no, they uh, got they got shut out by Connor Phillips, rookie put out. Uh, he looked awesome. <laughs> that was fun to see. That's an X factor. If, if there's yeah. an ever an X factor. Seven shutty or it, was, it wasn't shutty. It was seven, seven innings one, run. Of, one yeah. run ball against like on the road against the Twins. I mean, They have Ashcraft go down. They have other guys just faltering. Lodolo looks like he's not going to return. I mean, if Connor Phillips can even be a a four for them, that would be huge. And that was a statement start from the electric young righty. And we knew he could do
2: that. We also know that he can walk five over five-minute free-run ball. Uh, But the fact that we got that one yesterday uh, was very encouraging. But also you have to put a huge asterisk next to it because – Carlos Correa aggravated his plantar fasciitis, so oh, he did Correa twice. Um, so it really doesn't count. Dude. Royce Lewis went yard again, real quick. Royce Lewis went yard again.
0: Wax poetic about that bad man. He's he's unbelievable. It's just about health at this point. I'm telling you, when he was when he was making that progress towards, hey, wow, he's starting to swing the bat now. He looks like he'd be a big league piece. This was you know a year and a half, two years ago. I was floored at the exit velocities. And then I was also floored at the the contact rates, how much they had improved. He had the big leg kick and moving parts, and he quieted that all down. And when you basically quiet all of your extraneous moves down and still put up 114 mile per hour exit velocities, it's like, okay, this guy just made moves to make himself make more contact, and no power was sacrificed. Uh, that'll play. And that's exactly what we've seen. For this guy to come back from multiple ACLs, uh, all of the injuries that he's had, all of the just frustrations. You mentioned Correa Correa loves this dude. I have seen so many interviews where Correa just like wants to take him under his wing because he sees what he can be and sees the, the mental makeup of of Royce Lewis. He has everything that he needs to be not only one of the franchise cornerstones, but uh, the face of the franchise type player, because he's so likable. He's he carries himself just the way that you would want a young major piece for your team to carry himself. And I think that's a guy that's got to be a big part of their future. You got to figure out where you're going to play him long term. I think third base makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And, but now they might be looking at shortstop. If, if, if Correa continues to falter, it might be one of those things where Correa needs more days in the DH spot, then Lewis slides over to, to shortstop and can kind of plug in. But he's one of your more important pieces. No Trade Correa to the Yankees. They'll take it on. We'll we'll take him, it on.
2: It'll be perfect. Give Correa for Austin Wells and Pereira because clearly their <laughs>
0: stock is gone. Uh, maybe send him to Anaheim to offset some great. of the Mike Trout money coming in. Great. Yeah, I mean, they love players they, who don't play. Oh, left side of the infield of Correa and Rendon. Dude, oh yeah, first team all invisible. That'll be great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, Astros. Last night was excellent. Or Monday night was. Excellent. And Baltimore won it eight seven. It was a comeback win. Cedric Mullins with a huge three-run bomb. Um, that was John Means who massaged his way through I think six innings of one run ball or five innings of one run ball, had one punch out. Um, and and the fact that they got to Verlander early and then got to the bullpen late. Baltimore, man, like it's series like this. Obviously, it's the one against Tampa that that tells you the most, but it's a series after you clinch your 1st postseason post-season berth since they had a 60 and a half win total going into the 2022 season and everybody was taking the under on that win total. And now they clinched two weeks out of the end of the regular season. So I was thinking, all right, like Heston Kerstad was getting sprayed with olive oil in a laundry bin. Uh, they're going to lose on Monday <laughs> because that happened on Sunday And the fact that they pull this comeback win out of their ass on Monday night, some
0: crazies going on with Baltimore right now. First two for five. Even his outs were loud. Ryan, Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn had a five hit day. Five for five. Ryan O'Hearn. That's insane. Gunnar Henderson, three for five. It just talk about a lineup that just won through, through almost nine. Mateo, I guess is a nine hitter is fast, I guess, but just, it, it's a, and it's an exhausting lineup for a pitcher. And the fact that they are just never really out of it. You mentioned they get to Verlander for three, then they get to Montero for two, and then they get to Presley for three. That's three different impressive arms. I know Montero hasn't been great, uh, but that's three different impressive arms to be able to get to. And that just is because how, they can have different bats through one through nine kind of step up and, and make an impact. It's, it's been really fun to see. And to have John means back is, is huge. Uh, we'll see if he gets ramped up enough to be able to shoulder some important innings for them, but I have a feeling he probably will. You mentioned massage. I think that's the best way to describe it. Cause it's five innings of one run, three walks, one K, but only four hits. And that's kind of what John Means does anyway. So you figure he kind of gets back into the swing of things a little bit with one more start. I, I'm very interested to see how they approach John Means in the postseason because he is their probably their most proven arm to this point, but at the same time, he hasn't proven it this year. And yeah. you gotta know what he can do this year. It's not what you did.
2: Two years ago, right. So the question becomes like, "Hey, means or Braddish? I go with me, or I go with Braddish without thinking twice." At this point, yeah. is it means or G Rod? I go to G Rod without thinking twice. Yeah. Is means your three, or is you know like how are we really going about this? Do you want means or Kyle better. Gibson starting a postseason game? Is the big means,
0: question means definitely, and, and that but if means is your three, that's that feels a lot better. But it was funny. I I asked this on Twitter, and I got a lot of mixed responses i'm curious where you where you stand on this g rod gets the ball in game blank of a postseason series one you're giving him the ball game one yeah how many
2: how many more postseason starts
0: does kyle bradish
2: have (laughs) grayson rodriguez like one he's game one he's he's 100 like kyle bradish yes he's had the better season long numbers does kyle bradish throw 100 does Kyle Bradish have one of the best changeups in baseball?
0: I don't think so. But the flip side would be your offense is really good. You just need a quality start and you need you need to lower your your blow up exposure. And I mean Grayson doesn't blow up, but as much as I think a lot of young starters do, but Bradish like never blows up. I think yeah,
2: I I hear you on that, but if I'm Brandon Hyde, I'm calling Grayson Rodriguez into my office and I'm going to ask how big are your balls? And he'll say
0: big coach. (laughs) And he, I'm going to hand him the ball. I'm like, we'll see. You're on. I mean, I I can see the iconic rookie that just domination in, in game one where we're like, Oh, he's here. And I mean, you've seen the last couple of starts it's been, he's here. (laughs) He's here. So I'm fascinated. And that's another YouTube comment thing. Let us know and tweet at me as well. I'm I'm very curious because I think there's a lot of different ways that the Orioles are probably trying to figure out how they want to approach this. Yeah. And it, the, the old guard kind of says like, oh, you don't put the rookie in that position. But if there's any rookie to put in that position, it's probably G-Rod. And if there's any team that you know, probably could put a rookie in that position, it's probably the Orioles. So it'll be it'll be
2: fascinating to see how they approach it. Yep. Um, John means, by the way, ten innings, nine hits, four earned, two Ks, three walks in his two starts since coming back. That plays, yeah, probably. Like I'm, I'm nervous, but it still plays. Last thing, Tampa remains Tampa. They are building a new park in St. Pete. It looks awesome. It looks SoFi esque. I saw a funny uh, tweet from John Greenberg who I do believe is the editor in chief of the athletic Chicago Um, founding editor, senior columnist, the athletic Um, he's based in Chicago. And John Greenberg said the key to every winning baseball team is to have a punch bowl social nearby. So as long as Tampa has their punch bowl social nearby in this new, like amazing ballpark complex, it's going to be great. But I love that they're abandoning the half Tampa, half Montreal thing. I love that we're not talking about relocation. Um, do they get people to that ballpark? No. Uh, does Tampa deserve baseball? I think yes. And it seems like, like I don't know, I just
0: feel really happy for Tampa Bay Rays fans. I think they can get people to that ballpark. If it's new. The The new ballpark, I do think they can get people to it there's a few things. I don't know if people realize how shitty Tropicana field is to the point that you just almost, it's just not that enjoyable to go to And beyond that accessibility wise, brutal. And, and that's an underrated aspect of it. People see Tampa Bay Rays. They're not really in Tampa. They're in St. Pete. I was hoping they'd move the team closer to the Tampa area. I, I haven't done my, my geographic, research in terms of where exactly it lines up, but I I think that this is, are they going to put it in the same exact spot? Have they said that? Uh, I don't think they've said that. I, I feel like regardless baked into this whole operation is going to be, Hey, we, we need some more streamlined, I guess, just, just traffic control, like to, to get, to make it easier to get to the ballparks. It, it was not, it's not that easy to get to, to where the stadium was in St. Pete. And it's like, in this really weird, weird spot. When you look at what the Tampa Bay lightning have done, and I know they've won a lot of games, but so have the Rays. the Rays, the Rays in a good market would be similarly sold out. Tampa Bay lightning have continuously been one of the most well attended hockey teams in the entire sport, even before they were winning all the titles. They just, they really have a strong support in Tampa. And I think the rays can have that too. Their TV ratings aren't terrible. I, I, think that there's a level of, of interest there it's just who wants to go to that crappy stadium that's pretty hard to get to and yep. do you have where the where the this stadium would be yeah it's actually exact acreage at the trop
2: so they're going to knock down the trop and they're going to put it here but here's what the espn story or the ap story leads with um the playoff bound tampa bay rays put the finishing touches tuesday on plans for a new thirty thousand seat ballpark in saint pete uh, as part of a huge 6.5 billion dollar development project That includes affordable housing, retail, bars, restaurants, and a Black History Museum. So they're creating a ballpark neighborhood. The trop clearly doesn't have that. Ballparks with ballpark neighborhoods do better than ballparks without ballpark neighborhoods. Well,
0: imagine the sell of, hey, let's go to this area where there's nothing going on. It's not that easy to get to. And- there's no, there's nothing to do around the stadium. So you got to go into the stadium the second you get there. And by the way, it's one of the shittiest stadiums in baseball. Yeah. So it, it just that, that selling point alone just makes it really hard for people to go. And and when you have this whole area and a new stadium, and, and I think with the excitement around the team, and they'll probably spend a little bit more, I, I think this is great. And more importantly, like you said, fans in Tampa deserve this. And it was so tough seeing the way Oakland has has gone and and how MLB has, has pushed them to Vegas so quickly with without yeah. the necessary it's usually so much harder to move a franchise it was so easy for Rob Manfred and co uh, yes. to move, move Oakland i'm glad that that we saw Tampa fight through this and, and and actually end up keeping the team where that where it is and more importantly I think this is a great project that will make baseball more supported and more successful in Tampa because, you know, the team ain't going anywhere and right. you know they're going to be good for a while. And that's the hardest part is usually it's like, OK, we have a new stadium. We need to win. And that's the thing is like Oakland's going to go to, to Vegas. If they stink, people might stop caring kind of quickly. The Rays are going to always be good. So now you, you put it in a, in a good place to watch and consume baseball. They're always going to be solid. And I think that's going to really help ease this transition into like a new era of race baseball i
2: think the date is 2028 so opening day 2028 be ready for that we're talking about something five years down the road but that's the excitement here i'm I'll going be there. we're there <laughs> opening day 2028 even if we don't go into the ballpark i i kind of just want to spend like two days in that neighborhood it's like hey let's do the assessment of this spot but yeah man i i, I love this for tampa um there was one more point that I was going to make, and I'm blanking on it right now. End of the show. I guess that's kind of where we're at. Um, were well, you oh, going to talk about yes, Sandy Alcantara being healthy? <laughs> we can, um, Sandy. We can we can wrap with that. But the point that I was going to make is this is going to be a thirty thousand seat ballpark. If you look back and you hear stories about Mantle's long homers or Babe Ruth homering, anything like that, like all these ballparks, and even when the Dodgers and the Giants moved out west. It was like in front of a 60,000 person crowd. Ballparks have gotten smaller. This new ballpark in Vegas and this new ballpark in St. Pete are going to have the two smallest capacities in baseball history. Good, good. Like you're not going to get 45,000 people out to St. Pete. You're hardly getting 10 right now to St. Pete, the same spot. So make it 30. And this emphasis on luxury, while it does price some people out of sitting in the nosebleeds, and that sucks. I wish baseball was more accessible. Um, I do like the smaller capacity thing because these ballparks are getting nicer. And what does
0: luxury mean? It means more space for less people. Yeah. Well, And the, the other side of it, too, is that if, if it's one of those stadiums that you know isn't going to pack it to the brim all the time, Less seating, better quality. It still will be I think it'll be relatively affordable. Marwan's games are incredibly affordable. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. And Ray's games, even if it's a little bit more expensive, I'd rather have a nicer ballpark, a better, better situation, and not have all those empty seats. So I, I think they can draw 20 a game and and that that's two-thirds full. That feels good. And yeah. and that's that's exactly where I think they're hoping to be. All right. Encouraging Reese Sandy to wrap. Yeah, I don't even know how to feel about it because part of me is just a get right for next year. But if Sandy, Sandy Alcantara has been throwing – and for those who don't know, it was a, it was an elbow – UCL, UCL sprain. 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 And I mean we know this guy's a freak and we know that he's just a – he's a workhorse. And pretty much started throwing a few days after, a week after, and now he's throwing a bullpen and feels good and apparently he's – hopeful and confident. He told our friends at fish on first that he's pretty confident that he'll be able to to come back and, and throw. And I don't know how to feel about that because what does that look like? It's already been a kind of a tumultuous year for him, but on the other side of it, it's, you know, you're probably going to need all hands on deck and Sandy needs to get the ball game one. It's just, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird spot to be because when you're in the playoffs. How much do you stretch if, if you make the playoffs? How much do you stretch this guy out? Uh, how do you use him? Is it worth the risk? It, it's there's a lot of interesting nuance to it. I think he's gonna go seven innings in the postseason. You know that. Yeah, and is if if they make it, yeah, and is that gonna be good for him? Probably or, not. Yeah, but maybe maybe it's a few starts. He'll be fine. He can rest all off season. I don't know, but regardless, that really helps the Marlins' outlook. Because yeah. even even a diminished Sandy has still been really solid this year. And maybe this is a little bit of a weird reset that helps him. But, I mean, you go, what would it be? How would you go with that rotation if Sandy I was, was I was about to ask you, like, what does the rotation look like?
2: I mean, here's another one. Who gets the ball game one? It's got to be I, Sandy. Sandy. So, Sandy game one, Yuri Perez game two?
1: Lizardo
2: I, game three? I, I would lean Lizardo game two. Hi. Okay. so Sandy one, Lizardo two, Yuri, Yuri three, and then Garrett is the swingman. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Damn. All right, man. Let's. Uh, yeah. Let's hope Sandy comes back and and is sitting. You know, ninety eight. If Sandy <laughs> comes back and his first sinker is is ninety four, I'm turning the game off. Are you actually? <laughs> I might. I'd be nervous. It's nervy It's nerve yeah. wracking. Like it if he comes wracking. back and it's like, oh, it's ninety three, and then the next one's ninety four, and the next one's
0: ninety three. I'm like, ah, shit, you shouldn't be doing this. He's the kind of guy too that'll be like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. No, you're and, not. No, you're and not. You're Stop. not. I, I, in the best way possible. If I were his manager, I wouldn't trust him at all. In <laughs> terms of, of yeah. hey, how you feeling today? he's, he's lying to my face every single day. He's that kind of guy. And and that's why it's funny when I, when people were talking about the whole George Kirby thing like, Oh yeah. Pitchers nowadays, they just, this is the new mentality. I'm like, no, it's not like guys like Sandy. And there's a lot of guys like Sandy and Cole and and those types of dudes. They want the fucking ball and you got to pry it out of their hands. And they usually let themselves get hurt to that point of how much they want to throw. So I just, I hope it's not that I know that they're being very careful and they're watching him very closely. And, Uh, hopefully hopefully sandy is just actually feeling great yeah
2: all right that's it for today um i think it's peter and i back tomorrow um we'll see i've got a day game so it'll be some assortment of the two of us and then all three for the friday episode but every link you need is in the episode description Mm -hmm. get your merch i love my hat first time wearing a hat uh in a minute first time wearing a just baseball hat in a minute and uh peter cannot accuse me of hating the company right now yeah i think we'll talk to you tomorrow bye guys